0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode fifty-seven of the Masterclass. My name is Cam. He's Dave, and you are here in in spirit. I don't I don't know because you're not really here right now. No, but we'll be there at some point. Yes this this whole time travel thing I'm still not used to it. I feel kind of <laughs> like a mad a mad scientist when I think about all the possibilities of when and where someone could be listening to this in the future.
1: It could literally be thousands of years from now.
0: Yes, in which case I'd like to uh, congratulate the Cubs on their first World Series in over a millennia. <laughs> Just kidding. I think they're going to win it this year. But They will not win it this year. That is a different podcast, Dave. A different podcast. They're still the Cubs. Hey, it's called Mendoza Line. Check it out. Anyways, uh, this is the master class. This is a show not about baseball, even though Dave keeps reminding me the current Royals and Tigers score, which is, uh, I think, eight to two Royals at this point. So if I seem a little upset, it's because I'm going to have to deal with Royals fans for the next couple of days. Uh. But we're not here to talk about that, as I have to keep reminding myself. We are here to talk about things that Jesus said and why they why he said them and why they still matter today. But before we get to that, we do have a few bits of follow-up shout-out-y type stuff that we want to cover today. So I want to give a shout-out to Chris for uh, just sharing some really kind words with us about last episode. Um, So Chris, Dave and I both know you, and we thank you very much for what you said. And it just means a lot to know, especially coming from a guy like him. Um, especially, I mean, that's what, what means the most is I know Chris and he was a a small group leader for some high school guys, um, for the youth group for, for a while. And it just means a lot coming from someone that you respect to have them say
1: nice things about what you do. So thank you, Chris. Yeah. Totally random related, sort of related to that. Stefan is the student body president for a a local university. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Not KU no yeah he got elected he's the student body president so
0: and is he a sophomore this year
1: i don't know but or a junior i i honestly don't know
0: well i'm not surprised he wants to be the, I'm, he I'm wants to be the, real he be the real president
1: someday so stefan remember the little people <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny because i think me and you are both taller than he is but <laughs> anyways and then also uh I threw out on Twitter and Facebook today um, what we were covering on the show. And if anyone had questions, and uh, my sister Rachel, who's always on top of this stuff, submitted a few questions for the show. So, Rachel, we'll get to your questions
1: later on. And uh, thanks for that. She needs to be on the show next time she's in town. Does she know when she's going to be in town? I have no idea. Rachel, let your brother know when you're going to be in town so we can. She usually, plan when she, she does, though, it's on
0: the weekends. So, we'd have to. I, I this, would, are, I, we can talk about I, this. When I, I we're could, not recording. I could make it happen. I could do yeah. weekends. Happen. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, wow. Uh,
1: let's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a train wreck. No, it's not. No. Oh, all right. I, like I said, nobody listens to this first part, so they all, you <laughs> know, fast forward to the content. Sad face. Uh, hey, Dave. If people
0: wanted to oh, see no. our show notes, yes. Where where would they go to see the show notes, and why would they even want to look at the show notes?
1: I I will say that as a uh, podcaster of this particular podcast, me that sits behind the microphone, one of my favorite things about the show are the show notes that Cam puts together. I'm am absolutely oh. amazed the way he captures. He flatters me. The different things. So, if you are interested in seeing those show notes, you should go to super mega oh god <laughs> you're fired mega <laughs> super mega <corp>. net <laughs> slash master slash five seven because we are on episode 57 of the master class so that's where you can find our show notes indeed
0: if they- and if you wanted to get in touch if you wanted to follow up much like Chris did, or you wanted to submit questions, much much like Rachel did, you can do so in a number of places. Um, The quickest way is on Twitter. uh, You can get Dave at ten eight HBO, or 8 is the only number. You can get me at Cam Brennan. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. Put masterclass in the subject line. Um, And then if you just wanted to yell at the podcast network in general, you can do that at underscore supermegacorp as well. So get in touch. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas and we're always trying to get better. So if you've got some suggestions, please let us know. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think, if you just go back and listen to our first few episodes, you'll see how far we've come (laughs) in many, many regards, but enough of the business. Let's get down to why we're here. Dave, what is our uh, main passage for this episode?
1: Uh, we are at Matthew sixteen one through 4. And that says, And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed.
0: All right. So a couple of things here um, to discuss. All right. So I, I, I really want to hammer on this line you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the sign of the times. And I think that there is just a lot that that again, Jesus can turn a quick phrase, but it's not just clever or witty. There's uh, I think in this case a freakish amount of depth and accuracy to such a statement. Um, some of the things that just pop into my mind right away are science versus faith and that um, alleged uh, conflict, uh, cultural progression versus religious stagnation is something that comes to mind, Um, and uh, maybe just taking things on the surface versus actually looking for the underlying meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think there's a lot of ways that you can dissect um that sort of a statement. And so I mean I don't know what your thoughts are and how you want to how you want to go about talking about that but that's really kind of where I want to park the bus for a while if we can. Sure. All right. So he says, you know, when it's in the evening, you say uh it'll be fair weather for this guy. So this is the old sailor's thing, right? Red sky at night, sailor's delight. Red sky in the morning, sailor's take warning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a kid who grew up on the water, I see that in the Bible. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. My grandpa used to always say it. And then I read it in the Bible and I was like, hmm, maybe my grandpa's not so crazy after all. (laughs) But um, what do you think that sentence means? You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. What What is he trying to convey there? Because I don't know where to start. I've got too many ideas.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think one of the, the simplest things is, you know, we're we're, we're talking about a time where um, there wasn't weather forecasts. There's not TVs. There's not even a newspaper. There's very much a, if you want to know what the weather is going to be like, you go out and you look at what the weather is going to be like. And so I think when he, what's going on here is, is that, if something is important to you, you pay attention to it and you know what it means. And it's um I think it's it's kind of a it's a life thing. Whatever, whatever you are, um your whatever your element is, whatever your job is, whatever that place is where you function, you understand the signs, you understand uh what is going on. And as uh, you know somebody that used to be a pastor and made the transition to being a police officer. Um, the signs that I see are very different. Uh, when I was a pastor than when I am now as a police officer, and um, you know, you become hypersensitive. Uh, I think hyper vigilance is the term that we use in law enforcement of. You just, you're just you very aware of your surroundings. You're, you're aware of who's doing what. Um, I'm not so much this way, but I know a lot of police officers won't uh, sit in a restaurant, won't sit in a public place that's crowded uh, without having their back to the wall. They prefer to have their back to the wall where they can see what everybody else is doing.
0: Well, I was about to say that. When we used to get coffee, you would always sit facing the front door. When we yeah. would go to the restaurant, to grab a beer, you would <laughs> So I did more, do that more, more than I I, I would realize. say at least ninety percent of the right. time. And I and I caught on quickly. Huh. And if you didn't make the first move, I would intentionally sit in the opposite seat that you wanted. Because I, normally... <laughs> I knew I knew that you would feel more comfortable. Okay, so maybe I'm more like
1: that than I think I am. Yeah. So again, I, I think that's what Jesus is speaking to. He, you know, when, when we're talking about the parables and the sowing the seed, he's talking about things that people understand. And he's using a very, you know, a, a daily thing of we are going to pay attention to this and we're going to read those signs. And I think there's an element of he's kind of calling them out here of if this is really so important to you, then look around you and pay attention Uh, because you want the sign, you want the simple answer. And if you really cared about this, if this was really intrinsic to who you were, if this was true to your core, you would recognize these signs. And I think he's kind of calling them out saying you don't recognize these signs. And so you consider signs things like miracles. And we can discuss this a little bit more in depth, but I think he's saying that there's there's more concrete things than just seeing miracles. To to know that God is is about God is present.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you even go back to some of the psalms where you know, it just says that that God has created the heavens and all of, you know, his his glory is just I am totally butchering it, but <laughs> I can't remember exactly word for word how it goes, but it essentially says that you've created this world, you've created the skies, we can see your glory just just by looking. And um I think that one of the things um that contributes to and I'm gonna say it again, the alleged conflict between science and faith. Is that we have our science is so good, like our ability to understand the physical realm that we live in is has come so far and has become so advanced that we have lost the ability to look at our world and be amazed by it to the point of thinking this is so good it has to have been created. Mm -hmm. We have gotten so good at classifying you know family and genus and species and, and all that stuff we've gotten so good at explaining how mountains get formed and continents have merged and all that stuff we it has become so basic in a way mm-hmm. that it is hard it's not hard to look at the rocky mountains or the great coral reef and go holy cow most people still do that But where most people stop is holy cow, not holy cow, what's more likely, that this happened by chance or that this was created? And that's Mm -hmm. where the real um, discussion lies, I think. Because whether you're a Christian or not should not change the fact – Now, how do I want to say this? We're going to get into evolution here for a second. (laughs) Uh, So I want to choose my words carefully. And this this goes back, I think, did we ever talk about the Bill Nye-Ken Ham debate from last year on this, ep- on this show?
1: I know we've mentioned, I think we have. I don't remember what episode. I know we've talked about Ken Ham. Well,
0: don't watch it. It's an absolute waste of your life. They're both unwilling to...
1: That's have- what Sarah Palin said the other day.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that Bill I, Nye, she doesn't think Bill Nye's a real scientist.
1: Bill <laughs> Nye is about as much of a scientist as I am, is what she said. <laughs> I knew she said something stupid. Sorry, Sarah. But uh, <laughs> I'm going with Bill Nye on that one.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh. Anyways, they had a debate, and, and Ken Ham is a super, super, super conservative creationist, and if you don't believe that, that uh, if you don't believe that God created the world in seven literal days, then you're not a Christian. So I'm not a Christian, apparently, by his definition. Um. Uh. But. I think my whole... you distracted me with Sarah Palin. Sorry. Totally worth it, though, because it's funny. Um, my whole point in saying this is that everybody should look at the mountains and the oceans and the forests and the stars and go, holy cow. And be okay with the scientific reasoning for why and how those things happened. Because it's accurate, right? Well, and God
1: M- created science. I well, mean, God but, but, is the reason that th- physics exists. That- that,
0: that's my point, is is when, when scientists say that, you know, oh, we found fossils that are, you know, 100,000 years old, and the earth is however many millions of years old, and then Christians go, oh, no, but God created the earth in seven days. It's kind of like, do we know everything in the world about is our is our knowledge of our planet is our science 100% foolproof no is it 90% foolproof probably like these people are not idiots right? right they're really good at what they do and they build on each other and our general knowledge of how things came to be and how they operate is incredibly high my point is and i don't even know how i got here uh is that what separate? What should the only thing that should separate a Christian from a non-Christian is not a battle about the scientific data. It's the when we get to the end of the scientific data, they stop and we continue with the wow, I can't believe God did this. Right. To me, that's the only difference. And so, like in this in this situation uh, with with these you know uh, fishermen, right? The Christian fishermen and the non-Christian fishermen are both going, oh, red sky at night, we're good. It's going to be an awesome day tomorrow. But when they go out and they catch a load, the Christian fishermen should be thankful and grateful to God for providing, whereas the non-Christian fisherman is just saying, "All right, right place, right time, here we go." Mm-hmm. But they both read the visible signs of what's there, but the Christian is able to understand a spiritual aspect of that that the non-Christian person is either unable to or unwilling to read. And so I, I honestly don't know how I got here. <laughs> Everything's fuzzy in my brain, but do you have any response to that? Well,
1: <laughs> for the, I, the first thing is, is is Romans 1, 19 through 20. Uh, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. And I have a sense there that maybe I like the NIV a little bit better than the ESV. I don't know. I have to go look here. it (laughs) so. I'm becoming a fan of the ESV, but there's some things that just are ingrained in my mind. So what can be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. And that's, I, I guess for me, it doesn't really matter what it is. Take the human body as a, as a whole. And I'm just dumbfounded that the human body works the way that the human body works. Yeah. Uh, you know, our sight, our brain, smell, taste, our feelings are our circulatory fact that our feelings. bodies
0: heal when we cut them. Yeah,
1: it heals. And that's the other thing. I, it, you look at the human body and there's this element of it to me. That's like, this was probably intended to be an internal shell, but because of the fall and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it has that kind of makeup to it of, it heals itself It you know, it, it takes care of, but you know, disease and sin and all that entered into the world with a fall. You look at the, the universe and just how expansive the universe is, and uh, I can't remember if we've talked about it on air or not. But I, I, am still, I personally am convinced, and there's no proof for this whatsoever. But I still think that you know we think atoms, neutrons, protons, those sort of things are the smallest uh, things that we can find, and I, I, I'm just convinced that you can, in the same way that the universe's, you know, has this expansive infinity to it, I think you can can do the same thing in terms of going smaller. I just you're never going to reach this um finite thing that we're looking for god is such an infinite being and i think so much of what uh exists in his creation um just has that flavor of uh infinity uh to it that it that he intended so much of it uh to be eternal um so so yeah it, it there 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 should be a sense of awe for all of us particularly those of us who consider ourselves christians we should be in awe of god and what he has done and it truly it is it is endless the number of things that you can point to uh that should create awe in us and it's not a um you know i need to go to uh, Niagara Falls to be in awe, or I need to go to. It's so touristy. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Rocky Mountains, or that's better. The Caribbean Ocean, or or whatever it may be. Now, granted, I will acknowledge the plains of Western Kansas. The plains of you know they're pretty. I, here's here's uh, Rich Mullins mm-hmm. does uh, some of his lyrics and some of his songs. Does a great job of kind of uh, capturing that God peace of things like the Kansas Plains. Um, so anyway, I don't know if I know where I'm going either at this point, but...
0: Hey, blind leading the blind. I'm, it is I'm blind leading
1: the bat. blind. Ultimately, we need to be in awe of God. Um, we need to be um, aware that he has shown us so much in his creation, in this world that we live in, and that uh, we don't have to, to, to rely on these signs um, much like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were requesting of him two thousand years ago.
0: Yeah, I think um, my follow-up to that is then okay. So you can you can look at the the appearance of the sky and you can interpret that, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. So what what can? Uh, now when he's speaking of the sign of the times, he's referring to himself in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I would agree. And, and he's talking to the Sadducees, which is one of Rachel's questions, which we'll get here to here in a minute. Um, he's not talking to people who are unintelligent or uneducated in the realm of religious and spiritual things, and so when he tells them this, it's not even an underhanded insult; it's a straightforward insult like you guys should know this. you're the experts. And you can't even see it when it's right in front of you. Um so I think one, that's probably an alarming. They're not used to being talked to that way. And mm. I would imagine. I would agree. Uh most authority doesn't put up with and and then they don't. That's why they wind up killing him. Um hey. sorry, spoiler alert. Um but I think that one of the important things that we can do now, today, because we both believe, and, you know, a lot of other people believe that what Jesus said and did matters now. Um, If we, you know, whether, uh, you know, uh, as Christians or non-Christians, we want to be able to look beyond just the appearance of the sky or whatever, you know, the case may be. What can we do um, to see what God is doing in the background? Or maybe even in the foreground and we're just blind to it. So how can we how can we just see beyond the physical nature of things and start to begin to understand the spiritual workings that are going on?
1: Well, I, this is, to me, one of those things that I feel like we get caught up a little bit too much in uh, wanting the signs and the times uh, to be clearly identified for us. And I don't know if I'm exa- exactly going to answer the question that you that you're asking for here, but typical politician <laughs> um, there needs to be the obedience to Jesus, in the day in and day out of uh, seeking him, uh as Cam and I have said time and time again, reading the Bible in prayer, um, I'm even becoming more and more convicted in my time with him that um, reading that Bible. Reading that Bible. Reading the Bible um, leads to effective prayer instead of us kind of going to prayer and asking God to bless what it is that we want, that we read His Word, and that the overflow of being in His Word shows us how we should pray. Um, but there's kind of this mentality, I think, that uh, people think that the time that they are living in is always the worst time. <laughs> and... I hate to disappoint you folks, but it's not. We've got it pretty darn good. We have it pretty darn good. and if What's-His-Face becomes president. Yeah. Um, And so, I I guess kind of what I'm alluding to is I know there's an awful lot going on in our world um, with the um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transit, gender uh, lifestyle, which I... Wholeheartedly believes contradicts what God's plan is and his design. Um, But it's not our job to judge. It's not our job to get consumed by these things. Our job is to love people and leave the judging up to God.
0: Um, But, Dave, doesn't it say they'll know us? They'll know we're Christians by our clever bumper stickers?
1: No, it's by our t shirts and our our clothing. No. Um, So, yeah, our job is to. To love, let God do the judging, and um, I, 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 I guess there's, there's just this, I, I, and maybe it's I'm, I'm the one to err here, but I think we get consumed by looking for signs, and I think there are people that are like, well, look at how immorality has just become so horrible in this country. Um, you know, there's there's no moral compass to to stand by, and yeah, it's just not the compass
0: they believe in. Well, it's not <laughs> the
1: compass they believe in, and and I'm willing to bet that over the two last two thousand years, there's been plenty of times where those moral compasses uh, have been challenged. And
0: Sodom and Gomorrah, Nineveh, everywhere outside of Israel.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Europe for the last two hundred years. Um, I mean, you know, the 1920s in this country. It's like they don't even want to acknowledge that the 1920s happened. It's like we jump over the 1920s, 1930s were this horrible time, we had the World War, and then, you know, 1950s, and those were the good old days when morality reigned. The, the and greatest it's, generation. Um, very humble. It is a very, very worldly perspective um, on how things truly are. Human beings have always been as sinful as they've always been. They're not more <laughs> sinful now than they were in the 1950s. Um, uh, here's another news flash: Regardless of who gets elected president, God is still in control. So whether it be Hillary Clinton, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be one of the other options out there,
0: H. Ross Perot, I'm still I'm still banking on him. Does, is he still alive? I don't know. It was an attempt at a political joke. Clearly, I am not John Oliver, okay?
1: <laughs> so, whoever that may be, ultimately, God is still in control. Now, do I believe there's an element of God kind of handing us over to what we've brought ourselves to? Sure. I, I'm not going to deny that, and I definitely think we need to be uh, praying for our country. But... Ultimately, he is, God is in control, and he understands that, just like Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate did what he did and um, was not a Christian, and I definitely think he, was, he had that moment of, hmm, there's probably more to this guy than what's on the surface, and I don't know where he ultimately landed. Anyway, this is kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier with the Andy Stanley video that i'm going to request that cam puts in the show notes so it'll be there it'll be there Uh, my wife showed it to me i thought it was rather good in that ultimately it boils down to faith and trusting god and not getting so caught up in those things so long story short of what i'm rambling on here god is still god he is in control and regardless of what is going on in the world um, our focus needs to be on him and not the signs. And is there is there that potential that element of um, God has turned us over to our, our sinful desire and we're getting what we deserve? We're reaping what we've sowed, certainly. But for Christians around the world, persecution has always happened, and um, a struggle uh, to be a light in darkness. Um, to be that city on the hill has always existed. And um I think we're a little bit spoiled in this country. So I don't know that I answered your question about the science. No, not
0: really, life. but that's okay. That was that was probably better in the long run. All right, so let's let's move on. I feel like we could I know it's like there's so talk many talk about that for a long time and not make a lot of progress. Uh so Rachel's question was, Who are the Sadducees? And so I asked the internet because <laughs> I've been out of school for a while. So essentially Sadducees are a group of Jews from this time called the Second Temple Period. So anyone who's done any research on um, the ancient Near East will know that this particular period, the Second Temple Period, is a very um, distinct period in time because of Jesus and all of the political things that were going on when he was around, right after the Maccabean Revolution and, and all that sort of stuff. And so um they were a political, social, and religious group um that helped maintain the temple and held sort of a high regard in uh, society um, now how they differentiate from the Pharisees and the Sadducees or how the Sadducees differentiate themselves from the Pharisees is uh, it's a really good question and I should have done my homework before this so I don't really know other than they're different which is like the worst answer I could possibly give <laughs> so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do some research on that for next week.
1: Um,
0: Sorry, Rachel, I saw your question late and then I thought I knew the answer and then I started doing a little bit of research and realized, no,
1: no, no, I don't. I don't remember that one, so. I You know, in the Bible, one of the biggest points that Paul, or one of the biggest differences that Paul points to, and I, I think he kind of uses it for his favor, and I can't remember exactly where this is, is that the Pharisees believe in the resurrection and the Sadducees do not believe and a reg- resurrection. Dave to the rescue. So that was I know that was a major difference between um, the Pharisees and uh, the Sadducees. Um, the Sadducees, at some point, died out. I don't, I don't believe that today you can go and find people that really trace their roots to the Sadducees, whereas the Pharisees, if I'm not completely... Speaking out of turn here, I believe the Sadducees. uh if you if you look at your Orthodox Jews today, can kind of trace their roots back to the to the Pharisees. To the Pharisees, so, um, hmm.
0: yeah, because what I was reading said that when the uh the temple in Jerusalem um got tore down in seventy A.D., mm-hmm. that's kind of when the Sadducean movement died out. Okay. So yeah, you are you are correct about that sir and then and I, I when you brought up the resurrection thing that that lit off a light bulb in my brain so i'm pretty sure you're right about that too that brought me back like 10 years to college
1: yes so um yeah and then i I'm, I'm with you i think a lot of their stuff um was uh kind of a social uh conflict of just sort of like how things operate uh, that I would in a crude manner sort of compare the Republicans and the Democrats today. I know we come to that a lot. And basically what I'm saying is, is that you look at the difference between a, a Republican and a Democrat in the whole political realm of things. There's not a huge difference between the two. I'm not talking I'm not comparing a um democrat to a fascist. I'm not comparing them to <laughs> a communist. You know, there is still this element of um we believe in uh the voice of the people and that they get to decide how things go and really that's kind of the way it boils down to with you know Republicans and Democrats. Who who can appeal to the people to the point that they give them enough of a say that this is what we're going to vote for you. Whereas, yeah, uh, communism is very different than (laughs) either of those. And so I, I think when it came to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, there was a lot of social issues that they disagreed on. Um, and not major sort of, um, although I guess you could consider the resurrection and life after death, a major, um, but they were both Jews. They were both a sect of Jews and both relied on the Torah heavily. Both relied on the old Testament and what would be considered scripture to Jesus and the people that lived in Jesus day.
0: All right. I'm satisfied with that. Okay. All right. So we kind of already answered that next question. I'm not there. I don't know where I am. It's okay. We're going to move on to this question. What is the sign of Jonah? Which he references at the very end. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and
1: departed. hmm I am often in awe of uh, Paul's knowledge of the Old Testament. And as it should be, because he was Paul, um, Saul, who became, is that right? Saul, who became Paul. That is Because Jesus revealed himself to him on the road to Damascus, uh, considered himself the Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, he was it. And the things that they can pull out of the Old Testament and go, this was pointing to Jesus and who he was, I, I truly, on a regular basis, I'm just like, oh wow, I did not I did not get that. Now as you say that and you point you point me back to it, um, I get it. Um, so, Jonah in particular, um, Jesus Himself talks about as Jonah was in the whale for three days, so the Son <sighs> of Man will be in the. That'd be awful will be, and then resurrected. Um, they definitely had a a greater concept of Jonah and his story and what that meant than we do today. And so I think it's that parallel of Jesus talking about uh, being in the, being in the earth for three days, the same as Jonah was in the belly of the well, three days. And
0: do you think that they would have made that con- that jump though, from the whale to the earth? Because even his disciples don't get it. You know what I mean. So, so clearly, I clearly, that's a terrible word to use in this situation. Uh, when they say the sign of Jonah, I just my my confusion arises from how is anyone supposed to know that he's going to die and resurrect himself?
1: It- And I guess that is um, much of what I I would say in terms of, and again, I don't have any quick references that I can pull up and and point to, but, you know, Paul will will quote an Old Testament Scripture and go, this confirms that Jesus is who he says he is. And, well, I know without a doubt that in their culture, they knew the test, the Old Testament in a way that we can't, that we don't. I'm not saying we can't, but we just don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you there. And so um, I, I, w- I would have to say that there's a familiarity with the Old Testament and even particularly the story of Jonah that maybe they didn't all get it, but when you kind of had it laid out and, they ex- and explained to them, it was sort of like a, okay, now that you say that, I get it. It wasn't, because it, 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 even as, as I hear it today in 21st century America, I'm like, I don't quite get the connection there. But I think they did.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, one of the thoughts that I had, um, just as you were saying that, because I was trying to think of it from a different perspective as, as you were talking about the, you know, three days in the whale, three days in the ground thing was Jonah was sent to, Nineveh. Right. But like the worst of the worst, right? Sure. Or yeah. Okay, least, I got what you're saying. At least people you. that were firmly against God. Mm-hmm. And so while I think that the the three days in the whale and three days in the ground thing are totally spot on. And in hindsight you're like, oh duh, Jonah, that makes so much sense. I also wonder if this whole Jonah being sent to Nineveh and Jesus being sent to the Jews who have fallen astray is not equally as condemning as what he says at the beginning of this passage, which is you can read the sky, but you can't even see what's right in front of you. Yes. God sent me to you just like he sent Jonah to Nineveh. Yes. And I gotta think hopefully one of them was just like,
1: ouch. (laughs) That's exactly what I just think. Sick
0: burn, bro. (laughs) Yes, I would agree. And I've you know, I've never had that thought before until just now because I'm trying I was trying to just force myself to to think of it from a different perspective and I just wonder, I don't know if that that's true, but I know that a lot of what Jesus does has more than one obvious meaning to it. And so if if that can be extrapolated upon when when Jesus died on the cross for me and for you and for the listeners it's maybe because not maybe, it's be- it's definitely because God sent him for us. Mm-hmm. And when you put that in perspective of the Ninevites, that, that perhaps carries uh, a new weight that we have not considered beforehand. Right. Um, and, and one of the, the, the best parts about the Jonah story is that he brings, you know, the word of God to these people and the city repents. Hmm. yeah so you know you want a you want a quick one two three step solution be a sinner hear the word of god <laughs> repent one two three mm-hmm. and then you read your bible and pray every day which yes. you know nobody wants to do <laughs> but anyways
1: yes i would agree um yeah, and and again, I think there is even that element of uh, regardless of who you are, whether you're familiar with the Scripture or not, um, the Holy Spirit is alive and active, and there is that element of, of of dependence on Him to reveal things to us. And so even if we're talking about uh, the sign of Jonah, and we're talking about 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking on the earth, even if they're familiar with that scripture and the story makes sense to them, there has to be that, the peace of the Holy Spirit revealing it to them and helping them to uh, understand that that is what uh, this sign is pointing to. And again, it, it, I think it comes down to that whole, what is important to you? If it, is, if it is important to you to understand what God is saying and what God is revealing, then you're going to you're going to seek that you're going to become familiar with that familiar with that the same way that you become familiar with uh what's going on in the sky in the evening in the sky in the morning
0: yeah definitely um yeah i just there's there's so much in these four verses to really try and wrap your head around and to, and to work through, and uh, I got to be honest. Other than that first sentence, I really hadn't thought a whole lot about this. And and one of my friends sent me a message on Facebook. It's like, "Oh, hey, that passage you're talking about tonight is what my tattoo is." And I was like, "You got a tattoo of this first Like, that's weird." Yeah, that wouldn't be. But a- now after talking about it, I'm like, <laughs> "Aha! I see. You are you are onto something here, friend." um So I just, one of the things that I'm consistently struck by is my ability to underestimate the Bible and the Bible's ability to completely make me look like an idiot in those assumptions. Um, And especially as someone who has a lot of education around the Bible, I, I, I can be very overconfident in my knowledge of it. And then I come back to it, and in a situation like this, and I'm just like, "Oh man, I still have just years and decades of wisdom and humility <laughs> and knowledge to learn. doesn't matter what my you know how many degrees I have, the Bible's gonna school me every time, yes, and that's a really good thing." And a really frustrating thing, I think, (laughs) because I keep, you know, making the same mistake of I don't need to read it; I know it. And then I read it for this. I'm just like, oh, I'm such a dummy. (laughs) You know, how many times have I read this passage, and I was, you know, able to learn just from a discussion with you tonight a whole lot more about it. Yes,
1: well, and that's I, I just, you know, God is such a patient um the word that's coming to my mind is father i mean he's a he is a patient dad and um he he really kind of gives us what we're ready for what we're prepared for and um you know we could exist on this earth um without you know not in heaven not the garden of eden but the way we are right now in an eternal manner with the Bible that we have and it would continue to do that for eternity it would there would be just a constant revelation of who God is and what he has done for us uh, I don't think that's ever exhaustive um, I'm hoping that when we get to heaven that there is truly this understanding and the twinkling of an eye and things will make sense but um, even if that wasn't the case, uh, he would still show up and, um, reveal himself to us and things that we think we know so well, we don't. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a very good point to end the show on. So thanks for listening, everybody. That's the end of episode 57. We will see you next time. Take, Take care. care. Oh, jinx.
1: Bye, Miko.